This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Will the IFA and franchise update roll into the ATL this week for the Franchise Customer Experience Conference? This first-of-its-kind event will focus on improving the experience and outcomes for customers that are unique within franchising and on every point of the compass. Consumers, businesses, franchisees, prospective franchisees, and employees built for the franchise CEOs, presidents, and leaders of marketing ops and IT. This conference features interactive workshops, expert speakers, and networking with franchising's leaders responsible for customer success and for taking their brand's customer experience to the next level. Which is actually a great segue for this next tidbit. Kevin Basner, you knocked it out of the park last week right here on Franchise Today. I actually could have spent days listening to you talk about the rich history of A&W restaurants and the intriguing trajectory of your career. What a great story, and I thank you again for bringing it and sharing it with us all here on Franchise Today. Well, today we do something that is kind of a rarity on this podcast— And that is we welcome someone back for part two of a story that just couldn't be told in its entirety in a single episode. As I rack my brain, I can think of only two times that's ever happened out of hundreds and hundreds of interviews. One being the illustrious one-of-a-kind Jimmy John Leoto, and the other another one-of-a-kind, and that would be the amazing author of the e-myth, Michael E. Gerber, who, by the way, celebrates his 86th birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Michael. I hope that Luz Delia and you celebrate in style. So now, we add a third to that short list of two. Franworth's Dave Kyle. Dave and I had a great visit a couple of weeks ago, but we simply ran the clock out talking about Franworth, and in the time allotted, we just couldn't get to franchise for good. Dave's other passion, the nonprofit side of Franworth. Basically, Franchise for Good is helping nonprofits scale their organizations using the same basic tenets that make franchising work. Following the same roadmap that franchise businesses use to scale, Dave is bringing those transferable disciplines to the 501c3 nonprofit world as well. And he's back today to tell us all about it. But first, this quick word from Atmosphere TV. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with more than 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with more than 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV. TV, bloopers, super
superhuman feats and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you instead of watching the clock and their wait times. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. So today, Dave Kyle's back to tell us more about Franchise for Good, a completely different side of Franworth. It's the non-profit side of their business and a completely different conversation than the one we had with Dave when he last joined us a couple of weeks ago. Dave Kyle, welcome back to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be back. Really appreciate the opportunity. It's a tough time I've had here when you have a guest that's got so, so much to share. <laughs> that you can't just get it into a short form program like this and do it justice. So I'm really proud to have you back and talk again about the work that you're doing, which parallels really the work of Franworth, but it focuses and puts the spotlight on the nonprofit sector of life, taking and trading on the same kinds of skill sets required to be successful in a franchise. Am I close to correct? No, you nailed it, Stan. That's exactly what it is. I have a hypothesis um, that was proven out and thought through over the course of a couple of years that the tools and processes that we use to scale franchises, that we all know that that skill set, tool set could be applied to the nonprofit space to go help scale on the some 1.2 million or some of the 1.2 million nonprofits here in the US. So that was the idea behind franchise for good was uh, was that hypothesis. So how long was that swimming around in the ether before you put pen to paper and started whiteboarding where are you going to go with that and bring it into the world in in the third dimension? Yeah. It, well, you know, it's been I've been franchising since 1999. So I've been in the been and around it for a long time and over those years uh, led four different franchise companies as CEO and been involved with many others. So and I'm a I I like to learn. I like to uh, observe and learn and and so I I've, I've learned over time uh, the commonality. So I as uh I I've led a company that you know, sold ice cream in Haganah shops that, that did boutique fitness and pure bar that sells eyelash extensions. So, you know, I've been in many, many different types of franchise ores, but they all have a common denominator. And the, and the common denom denominator is the ability to scale, to take whatever the area of expertise is, but then wrap a set of scaling things around it. So it's the model that we have in our for-profit business at Franworth. And really what, what happened to me in 2019 is I spent some real intentional time. You know, thing I've had some success in my for-profit career. And I said, all right, you know what? In the time that I've got left on this earth, I'm going to go, you know, live more for significance and make sure that the time spent is well spent. 
And so the idea when I'm like, well, what do I, maybe I go work for a nonprofit or maybe I start something. And then it hit me on a literal walk through the woods at my uh, home up in northern Michigan. I'm like, well, why not apply what I've learned about in franchising? We all have applied and apply that to nonprofits. Might that not work? Can we go help scale nonprofits? So I, I started to do some research. And I had years ago, I had come across Ben and Jerry's and what Ben and Jerry's had done in their partner shops. And that was really cool. They would establish a, a shop and give a shop to somebody, a store, an ice cream store, to someone who otherwise would not have been able to, to invest in it and step in it. So maybe economically disadvantaged person. And it was effective. It wasn't as effective as they hoped, but it was effective. And I've also seen how franchisees and franchisors give back. So, I mean, it's a, we're a very generous community, to our communities rather. So we give back. P people are volunteering and they're doing events and giveaways and creating opportunities for employment. But what I hadn't seen was more explicitly applying what we do in franchising, franchise events, and um, crisp, clear strategies and business plans and key performance indicators and how do you fulfill things and work on supply chain and how do you have co-learning events and learning management systems that allow people to collaborate and celebrate, communicate. So that was the hypothesis that I came up with. And so I, I had never found anything. I'm surrounded by founders. I've worked with dozens of them. And so I said, you know what, why don't I just do this? And so I started a 501c3 called Franchise for Good in April of 2020. So kind of right as COVID was getting going uh, and said, you know what, I bet you there's somebody out there who uh, might find some benefit in leveraging franchise tools and processes to scale. And sure enough, I found one. My first client was uh, was incredible. And we, we've since uh, begun to build it out. So how does that work? In the franchise world, it's pretty easy to identify who your targets might be. And in fact, most of them, and as we discussed in a prior interview, are, are reaching out to you instead of the other way around. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do the nonprofits discover that such a thing exists? And how do you get yourself in front of the right people? in that space? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so luckily, I, I that process I went through in 2019 was something called Halftime. It's a faith-based program out of Dallas that helps you move from success to significance. And I had an executive coach really for the first time in my career. And my executive coach connected me with another person that had gone through the same program. He had developed, uh, his name's Pat. Pat had developed a concept called uh, Colorado Home Building Academy. So he was the biggest home builder in Colorado. He'd sold his business to Berkshire Hathaway, works for Warren Buffett. And he, along the way, if in Colorado, uh, the labor market is very tight. So he's building several thousand homes a year and had a dearth of labor. So he and, and he uh, has a very entrepreneurial, philanthropic guy, and he uh, loves education. So he had created a school that took under and unemployed people in the Denver area and taught them how to be trades people, how to go be a carpenter, how to go operate safely, how to go be, you know, run, be an HVAC technician. And so we started it, very successful program, you know, that was kicking out and training several hundred tradespeople a year. And, and just for reference for your listeners, there are some half a million open trade uh, jobs out in the market. So there's a, there's not enough skilled trades. So Pat fulfilled this in uh, the Denver area. Well, my my executive, our same executive coach that coached both of us um, had me, a guy saying, hey, I like to scale stuff. And um, Pat, who had something that he wanted to scale. So he connected us. Pat flew to Ann Arbor, where I'm based. We spent a day together, shook hands. And what came out of that and what that turned into was something called Build Strong Academy. 
So Pat's nonprofit, my nonprofit, um, worked together to create Build Strong Academy. Really, Pat's vision was to go impact 1 million jobs, to go create 1 million trade-trained people. Brilliant vision, brilliant man. Uh, and so I've been honored to work with him to go really prove out the hypothesis that you can go leverage many of the processes and tools that we have in franchising to go scale um, what in this case is called Build Strong Academy. So uh, fast forward, we put a team together and built things like operations manuals and site selection criteria and design and construction manuals and training programs and KPI sets and the, the stuff that is going to sound familiar to all of your listeners who do franchising. And we created the support infrastructure and with Pat's generosity and then some partners locally, one of whom, uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees is the American football player who is a, one of the Franworth partners. You know, I told Drew what I was up to and he's like, hey man, we need to do one of those in New Orleans. And so back on April 4th, we cut the ribbon on the Build Strong Academy of Greater New Orleans there in Kenner. So it was really cool to see, you know, this this incredible philanthropist and Pat Hamill who started something. I come along and test out, you know, he's generous enough to to test us out. And then that culminates in us opening one in New Orleans. And now we're going to open another, you know, six or eight here across the U.S. So, uh, you know, really, really began to work. Where do you see that heading in terms of adding concepts or adding other nonprofits as you've done with Franworth, where you're going to wind up with a compendium of different nonprofit 501c3s that are aligned and allied together through this new concept? So I, I did find kind of through the grapevine, the couple. So I, I found a company uh, called Nomi Network. Nomi is, a, again, another, I, I'm so new to the, the nonprofit space. I mean, it's in, yeah, I've served on a couple of nonprofit boards across the years, but really had never been inside. So I, I've been learning a lot over the last two years. And, and learn that there's one, this NOMI network, you know, MI network is focused on uh, anti-slavery and trafficking of young women in Southeast Asia. So they had a similar training type trade training program, a way for a lot of these young women to get out of those economically disadvantaged situations was to go pick up a trade, to go uh, learn a trade. And so they found us somehow. And then we began to help them with some of the basics about how do you go scale? They wanted to expand in Cambodia and into India. So help them over the course of several months. And then I also have found, which is real, I'm really excited about, there's a group out of the University of Notre Dame called LEO. And they're a think tank, a research body that studies nonprofits in the U.S. that are all focused on elimination of poverty, reduction of poverty. So it can be a policy program, a housing program, an educational program, all different types, but they study them and figure out which nonprofits in the U.S. are very effective. But then they, so they've identified one and then they don't know what to do with it. So their executive director heard of us, again, came to Ann Arbor and we spent a day. And now we're beginning to partnership, in fact, have two things that we're partnering on right now that are helping scale nonprofits that are very effective at what they do and helping them grow. So franchising, you know, we're regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. You have an FDD and all that stuff. You don't have to do that in the nonprofit world, but many people operate under a chapter affiliate model. So if you think about Boys and Girls Clubs or Boys or Girl Scouts of America, we've got a national body and then local chapters that apply the, the tools and processes and use the brand. Sounds like a franchise, but it's in the nonprofit space. So we're helping several of these nonprofits now who are very effective in one place go replicate themselves, just like a franchise in other parts of the country, or even just you know work on lead generation and conversion and bringing more people they serve in the front door. So it's really been um, just a blessing to be able to do this and actually see this work 
and the commonalities between what we deal with every day in the franchise world about helping units be effective and franchisors scale efficiently and effectively to just see that, you know, beginning to be, we're very early stages, but seeing that beginning to be applied in the nonprofit space. So one of the things that I'm wondering is in the franchise space, the private equity companies are the infusion of capital to drive the vision and the dreams of the entrepreneur running the business. Nonprofits are dependent upon contributions and fundraising, and fundraising is a much different beast, isn't it? So how do you play into that? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, oftentimes, if you think about maybe your own experiences with nonprofits, certainly mine, often a nonprofit is very dependent on a founder. You have a founder who is passionate about an idea or a cause, starts something to address it. But then you're to your point, Stan, then it's often tough to continue to go back to the same funders or over time to continue to repeat your model. And so that's something in the research that I did about nonprofits. There were there are many of the 1.2 million nonprofits in the US that find themselves there. Of course, there's the big ones, Catholic Charities and United Way that are just massive and have large businesses that are able to go help scale and grow and are super well funded with endowments. But most of them are small. It's, it's just like our small business world where not well capitalized. And what I've been finding is that if you can show that scale can help you sustain, that, that's the niche that I think we're finding here and that we're just beginning to unpack You know, with the work with some of these first ones that we're working with is that it should make us feel good in franchising that what we've been doing for decades in franchising, the tools can very easily be applied to the nonprofit space. And the same issues that a nonprofit founder faces is the exact same thing as a, a for-profit founder. They have a wonderful service or product or thing that they do. And one way to grow is to scale, to get bigger, to replicate what you do. So that I think if you can show, and that's again, our hypothesis that the work we're doing through University of Notre Dame is that if you can actually show that applying some of these tools will help you serve more people, you know, driving down costs to serve those people as a metric or show metrics that improve longitudinally over time. So cost per whatever it is, or the number of people you serve or impact your impact poverty, however you measure that, that that will help then fundraise because the money will go find the best uses. It's just like a capital market. Capital markets are very efficient at finding good returns. And I think uh, fundraisers are not too different than that, that they're going to go seek and want to say, if I'm going to go spend a buck, I want to make sure it's getting to help serve the people who I'm intending it to serve. So that that's, I think, the, uh, that's what we're poking around on, Stan. I'm absolutely not an expert in fundraising and philanthropy, but you know, this little part of it, I think, could be helpful to that end. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, I've got another question or two around that fundraising piece, and then we'll see what else is left to unpack before we run out of time. We're talking today with Dave Kyle. And he is the founder of Franchise for Good, the nonprofit arm of Franworth. And we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. 
In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at Zorforum.com. That's www.Zorforum.com. Conversation continues today with Dave Kyle, founder of Franchise for Good, which is the nonprofit arm of a company called Franworth, for which he serves as president and chief operating officer. Lots of hats there, Dave. Lots of balls in the air. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and it's uh, it's an absolute joy to be able to do that, to spend a lot of my time helping scale for-profit companies uh, that we're partnering with at Fran Worth. And then, you know, the idea we were talking about earlier about how might we apply some of our key learnings in franchising to the nonprofit space. It's, uh, yeah, it's an absolute blessing to get to do both. So if you're no expert in nonprofit, I'm a lot further removed from it than you are. But something that I have learned over the years is that Many people who are philanthropic and do give to causes are very, very careful about donating and providing funding for nonprofits that have reached a certain threshold of percentage of dollars taken in that go to the root cause of whatever the nonprofit's there to serve versus the administration of the nonprofit, the business of the, of the nonprofit. And it would occur to me that with efficiencies and economies of scale and the things that you're bringing, it probably will help some of these that are affiliating with you to benefit from the ability to attract the attention of some of those who might otherwise not have donated. You're bringing them the opportunity to assure that more goes to the direct causes, aren't you? Yeah, I stand, you know, like you, I don't claim to be an expert here, but I, I have heard and read those studies as well, where they're published. Uh, you have to to file your your returns every year, your 990 in the nonprofit world. And so you have to be transparent about of all the money you raise, how much is that going to staff and other stuff versus, you know, directly serving the people you're trying to serve. So yeah, I think that's absolutely a criteria. And some things I have learned to, I think, reinforce what you've said. One is nonprofits need to continue to refresh that source of fund. And so absolutely the ability to go scale is going to expand your reach into other people that, you know, in, in the other orbits, other uh, regions of the country. I think that would, would help. Sustainability is something that I've learned a lot about in the last couple of years working with the six or seven nonprofits that I've worked with. And so another criterion, in addition to the efficiency that I think we agree the hypothesis that if you can make a nonprofit operate more efficiently because of standardized processes and procedures and crisp value propositions and good marketing and good operations and cost to serve, that you should people would want to invest and that metric would improve. The other thing I've learned a lot about is sustainability. People want to make sure that as they give, then the the system can pick up speed and it, and it can pick up efficiency. So they wanted to have it be sustainable. The other thing I've learned is that uh, a little bit about how grants work. So some people, you know, you have private, you and I can write a check, your listeners can write a check to a nonprofit they like and want to impact. But there are also large funds out there, large grants, so the large philanthropic institutions, that they have big buckets of money, and then they want to decide where are those going to be deployed. 
And they, uh, as you write a grant that I've had the chance to begin to do, you've got to, to say, hey, what are the key metrics that I'm going to go impact? And then, by gosh, those guys measure that stuff. And so much like us in the franchising world, there's not a well-run franchise that doesn't have a key set of key performance indicators that they watch cost per acquisition or same store sales or whatever the metric is for them. It's the same in the nonprofit space. Those that if you're going to go after a federal grant or a large philanthropic grant, so local or nationwide, you've got to track the numbers and you've got to track the data. And I think some of what we're hoping to employ and one of the modules that we help some of these nonprofits with is one, understanding what their drivers are of cost and efficiency. And then secondly, putting in KPI sets, key performance indicators that clearly begin to measure that. So Stan, again, I, I think you're onto something. I think that will prove to be true. And we're just beginning to get into that with a few of our clients today. Where do you see this heading in this post-COVID world, say in the next one, three or five years? Can you even look out that far and predict where this is going to track? Well, I mean, I, I do hope uh, and have a plan towards that this is something that continued to grow. So I started the company, started Franchise for Good in 2020 in the depths of COVID. I found a wonderful first partner in Build Strong Academy and now have found the University of Notre Dame and it's beginning to grow. So my hope is that we can prove out What's beginning to look like it's working is that these franchise tools and processes do impact nonprofits in an effective, efficient way to go help them grow and scale and, and reach more people. I mean, my hope is that it grows big enough that I can actually go myself, go raise some outside money. I mean, I've, I've got a website up that we're just, I've, I've hired an employee uh, to really go focus on that and get my website fixed up and uh, be able to accept donations. Uh, my dream, to be honest, would be I, someone would, would affinitize with what I'm doing, believe it. And then come partner with me financially so I can actually expand my team and impact more and more nonprofits. So I think it's going to take, like anything, some proof, you know, that I can actually deliver the team and I can actually deliver some results and some impacts that we were talking about. We've got one good case study in Build Strong Academy that we talked about earlier. I've got a couple other in the works that are looking good. So I think of the, with a few proof points, I'm going to be able to go raise some money. And uh, as my own nonprofit and 501c3, then I'll get people to invest in, in the model that I'm hoping to, uh, to continue to grow. And, and my, my hope and dream and, and prayers, this turns into more of a legacy uh, for me. It's something that I've found that'll, that'll last well beyond my years here. I know there are many in the audience that have nonprofit components to their businesses and would love to learn more about how they can bring some of this knowledge to bear and maybe even an affiliation with you to bear. So we're going to ask you for contact information in just a moment. But before I do, Dave, what have I not asked you that you wished I did? No, I Stan, you, I really appreciate your time and interest. If I can flip the question around, one thing I would just talk to your listeners about or, or ask them to think about is, you know, the, the hypothesis I came up with that what we do in franchising, the ability to scale and replicate and grow and create community around the use of a brand and an operating system, how might you in your own orbit be able to go impact a nonprofit? My guess is even as a mentor, you know, a, a franchise system that, that, or excuse me, a nonprofit that you're affiliated with, how might some of the skills that you work on every day go apply to them? So that's just more of a, a challenge or a, a thought-provoking question uh, to put in front of your, your listeners there, Stan. Fair game. How about some contact info so they can find you, Dave? Yeah, so people can find us at franchiseforgood.org. So franchiseforgood.org, they can go on there. Uh, they can submit a question or poke around and, and learn more. And uh, before long, there'll be a donate button up that they can click on if they so choose. Wow, this has been terrific. And literally, this is something I don't often do is 
a two-parter. I think you're probably the third time I've ever had an interview with somebody who had so much to share. We couldn't get it all into one episode. And I'm really glad we saved the time and reserved it to bring the light of day to what you're doing here with Franchise for Good. Dave, Kyle, thanks so much for joining us here today on Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it, man. Take care. Well, that's a wrap for today, but we've got a great lineup of summertime guests for you in the weeks ahead, including Hand and Stone CEO John Tezza, Paris Baguette Chief Development Officer Mark Mealy, and Slim Chickens co-founder and CEO Tom Gordon, to mention just a few. So, take us with you if you're vacationing or catch up with us when you return. But either way, Franchise Today will continue to bring you the best, the very best voices of sustainable growth from those who practice sensible franchising. Until next week when we return to do it all again, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.